Hey everybody, this is Professor Ash Singh from the Hyper Accelerator, and you're listening to the Hyper Accelerator podcast. This show aims to help entrepreneurs understand their blind spots and help them improve their chances of startup success. Today's episode is an elevator pitch showdown. We will have a startup founder present their elevator pitch for their startup, and with less than two minutes of preparation, I will attempt to pitch their startup back to them. As the audience, you can let me know if I've embarrassed myself or helped their startup level up. Today, we're talking about the Woods Cannabis with Justin John, who is the founder of the Woods Cannabis. We'll discuss everything to know about Woods Cannabis, which is developing a retail brand to help discerning legacy cannabis consumers solve the lack of navigating the legal market and find quality cannabis that matches with a curated product selection and best-in-class bud tender team. Thanks for joining us, Justin. All right, Justin. Uh, my name is Ash Singh. I am um, uh, an owner of a very successful restaurant chain with several locations in Canada. Um, I heard about your company. Tell me, Justin, how are you doing and what are you working on? Well, Ash, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, so I am one of the co-founders of The Woods Cannabis. And as cannabis becomes globalized, what we've seen is that there's opportunities in the space for select Canadian cannabis companies to become thought leaders. Five years ago, my co-founder and I were graduating university and we saw this firsthand that the industry was ripe for compelling brands, but was instead at risk of being commoditized by these large corporate players. So what we did was we created the Woods Cannabis, a cannabis retail business that's centered around the modern cannabis connoisseur through a curated selection of cannabis products and a staff of sommeliers. And what we've done is we've used that as a jump off point to launch a lifestyle focused cannabis accessories company. Um, eight months into operations, we've become a top 8% retailer in Ontario, uh, generating three to five times the average uh, revenue. And we've created inroads more importantly with some of the top brands in this space. And in doing so, we're primed to not only have our products retailed at some of the top uh, lifestyle brands in Canada, but we think Canada is just the beginning. Uh, we're building these relationships in parallel with this full suite of products here, and we're doing this in full anticipation of entering the U.S. Mm. Uh, we'd love to talk about this business further with you over a coffee um, and introduce you to the business a little further. All right. So uh, thank you. Justin, tell us about, um, and, and so for, because we have a global audience, um, cannabis has now been uh, legalized in Canada for at least the last five years now, yep, right? Since 2017. Right. So it's, it's legal there. I know that we have some uh, members here from Singapore that are wondering, oh, what's going on here? What are we, you know, so uh, in, 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 in Canada um, and parts of the United States now, uh, cannabis has been legalized. So, uh, Justin, uh, thank you for your pitch. And, and we know that you have created one of the top brands 
um, um, in the cannabis space in, in Canada. So congratulations on that. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. What I wanted to know was a little bit about the secret sauce, right? Because, you know, when we think about your brand, you know, the experience and this idea of a lifestyle brand, um, I kind of wanted to understand the ecosystem, right? What is this going to be like? Okay. I was, tr I was struggling to understand what the big picture is for what you're trying to do. Okay. And sometimes it helps for us to think about uh, similar ecosystems and where they went. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you could probably think about that, but you know, every product or service goes on a specific cycle. Okay. Right. Um, you know, and so when we think about, for instance, uh, the luxury, the luxury alcohol experience, right. And, you know, if there's, you, you might look at it like that, but tell me a little bit about a little bit about the, the secret sauce, but more importantly, where is this business? Where do you want it to go? Right. Because you use the word lifestyle and lifestyle, um, is interesting from a, a product positioning perspective, but from an investor's perspective, uh, you know, they want to see this element of scale. How is this going to get in the hands of everyone, right? So it's always one of those interesting words that can take an investor in a couple of different directions. But what's your big picture, Justin? Tell me about that. So the big picture here is to become the, the number one cannabis accessory brand uh, in the world. To give you context about the ecosystem, and I think the way we're what our secret sauce per se is, is most retail businesses in this space are operating as a B2B business. They're working with the LPs, with the growers in this space, and they don't necessarily have that hyper, uh, that the laser focus on the end consumer. So when you look at the retail experience, they're not necessarily carrying the best products. Why? Because they have shelf space agreements with big corporate, uh, with these big corporate um, growers. Whereas yeah. what we do is, you know, we're completely agnostic when it comes to the producer, the suppliers we work with. We have this mandate of serving our end consumer um, and we don't really stray away from that. <clears throat> now, in terms of, how we actually plan to action that, how we actually plan to get into the hands of every single cannabis consumer uh, that we can. It really does start with, it really does start with being part of choice retailers. Mm. What we're seeing right now is the industry is very fragmented. As mentioned, you have big corporate, and then you have a couple more mom and pop, more independent stores that kind yeah. of have this shared um, thought space of how they look at the industry. Um, because of how alienating some of these big corporate players have been, these small independent retailers have really looked to band together and have looked to support each other in, uh, you know, whether it be through events, through different retailing partnerships. And that's something that we've spurred ourselves where we're working hand in hand right now with some of the biggest brands in the space, like Cookies, um, they're a billion dollar company, some other Canadian brands as well. And we're exploring co-retailing opportunities. We're exploring event opportunities just so we can collectively build this mindshare and this brand cachet, yeah. um, knowing that, you know what, this isn't just about selling cannabis products. We're, this is part of a bigger fight here to redefine cannabis culture. Well, so I'm trying to, I want to, I want to visualize like, you know, five years from now, are you a, a cannabis retailer at all? Or are your products going to be kind of like, you know, when you go to a liquor store, for instance, you know, the absolute vodka and like, you know what I mean? There's like that high end, you know, when you go to, yeah. I mean, 
for those of you that, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you go to an airport terminal, right, you know, you walk in, and, and there's the high-end uh, alcohol, there's the high-end perfume, there's the high-end um, uh, chocolates, you know, all of that stuff. Is that what you guys are going to be? Are you guys going to be that layer where like the best in class, you know? So when we think about, uh, you know, chocolate is probably something everyone can relate to, okay? Um, is that what you guys are going to be? Is that what you're, you know, from, a, from an execution perspective or is the retail space still something interesting for you guys? It, it, I'd say it's more so on the product side of things. The yeah. retail side of things is a futile game in a lot of ways from a multiple standpoint, from even a sheer scalability standpoint, you know, very capital intensive. Sure. Um, and just from a scalability perspective, not the easiest way for us to achieve our mission and being in everyone's hands. So what we look at ourselves as is we draw parallels with the fashion space. We look at ourselves as the coach or the Michael Kors, not necessarily the Louis Vuitton, not necessarily the Hermes. We want to stray in that accessible yeah. luxury market so yeah. that we're, we have a yeah. large... I, I mean, I, I understand in my head, just because cannabis is a consumable product, I'm thinking about stuff that we consume. So uh, luxury products are there, but the challenge with examples like Coach, these companies have been around for 100 years, right? They've been here for a, a very long time. Yep. My view around this... And it's just the way I'm thinking, Justin. And, and if it works better with the audience, feel free to copy anything that I'm saying, right? I'm, I'm here for you guys. Um, but the way I look at it is kind of like this, you know, uh, 50, 100 years ago, um, you know, Belgian and German chocolatiers really understood chocolate, right? And they were able to create these huge, massive lint and all these other big players came in with luxury chocolate. We're not talking about M&M, we're talking about Lint and Ferrero Rocher and, you know, uh, you know, all the other things that we buy for our girlfriends and wives when we make a mistake, like those ones, right? Um, and what I'm seeing right now is because Canada has had a five-year early access to this cannabis experience, there's an opportunity for the luxury brand of tomorrow in cannabis, right? The Ferrero Rocher or the Lindt chocolate of the world to be coming out of Canada to be able to make that same impact happen because cannabis might be acceptable in a lot of markets and you want to be that company that, that, that makes it happen. Does that make sense? That does, yep. Right? Because I think we need to explain that your system is, is, is right on time, right? I, I find luxury goods... There's other elements that have made them successes, right? Like, for instance, Coach is not a is a is 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 a different brand in different parts of the world. Okay, let's just say that, right? You know, um, and a lot of it has to do with time and serendipitous experience. Do you know what I mean? Somebody happens to do something, but I I feel like you know uh, you becoming the luxury cannabis product creator, right? The luxury cannabis, you know. Uh, connoisseur right that's going to be creating these products that are going to be at the high end because if you do that how good are your margins justin a lot better than they are now like right exactly right just, so yeah, that's yeah. another thing that didn't come out right you know how good are the margins around this right and, and we don't know this what's the margin on a ferrero rocher right all of us have had ferrero rochers how much money do they make off of those little you know they're, they're like these little like high calorie sugar-coated, you know what I mean? They're not healthy, by the way, just so you guys are all aware. They taste really good, but eating them at nighttime is not good. Um, anyways, 
Justin, what's the margin on your business? How, why, why should you exist? You know, when you kind of go into the luxury, there's a lot of money spent on, um, on endorsements and marketing. But tell me a little bit about the margin business currently in the cannabis space, because none of us really know that. And if you succeed as the premier luxury cannabis product company, okay, what are the margins that you would aim to achieve globally? So right now, because the majority of our sales do come from um, cannabis products, which we get from the Ontario government, essentially a crown corp, our EBITDA margins are around 16%. Our gross margins are around 30%. Now, at the same time, we've seen a lot of margin expansion by pushing our own products in-house, where from a gross margin perspective, they are 100% rather than 30%. Yeah. So lots of room for margin expansion there. I would anticipate that as we retail in other stores, obviously, and we, we, we transition to more of a distributor model versus a retailer model, those yeah. margins will shrink a little bit. But from what we've seen, 60 to 70% margins is quite reasonable for right. an accessories uh, distributor. Got it. Got it. Uh, when you get a chance, um, do a little bit of research on the margins for coach and Louis Vuitton and all these guys. Okay. Cause it's actually, uh, I, I, you might even get even more Justin. Okay. All right. Sure. You know, there's a, um, there's a reason why uh, those companies are valued so highly. So what are you looking for, Justin? Can you tell me again what you're looking for? What we're looking for is essentially just rocket fuel that we can put into our marketing engine and our product development engine. So right now with one location, we're valued at three and a half million dollars by looking at EBITDA multiples in our industry. Um, What we're looking to do is get $500,000 to help fund that growth. So, but this relates to where you want to be though, right? Because you have a location component, but what you're saying is you want to, you want to transform into uh, the leading uh, distributor, right? Of product, right? So there's a transition element there is half a million dollars enough. Half a million dollars. So right now, because we are expanding our brick and mortar footprint, a lot of the cash flow we're generating from those stores is being reinvested right into the business. Understood. So we're generating enough to reinvest uh, into the business organically. No worries. All right. So what we're going to do is, Justin, would you like me to pitch your idea back to you? I would. Uh, All right. Love that. Let's do this now. You get to introduce yourself. Um, You get to be... um, Anyone you want to be, actually. This is kind of fun. This is you can role play. You can be, uh, can be Snoop Dogg or whoever is uh, big, in the, big in this space right now. I know. Uh, um, uh, let's uh, let's get started, Justin. So over to you. We're at the top of the we're top, top of the elevator. Ash, it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is Snoop Dogg, the famous West Coast rapper. Wow. Uh, I have some deep pockets. I'm looking to invest in some dope cannabis companies. Excellent. Uh, you know, great performance at the Super Bowl, by the way. It is a sincere. Uh, instead of asking for a selfie, um, I want to talk to you about uh, the Woods Cannabis. I know that you have uh, been in the cannabis space for several years. And I want you to start. I want to take a moment to see if you can help imagine with me what the future is going to look like. Um, as you know, um, you know, we are a Canadian company 
that's been operating over the last five years. Uh, and Canada has become the, the first mover in the cannabis space. And you know that already. And what we feel is that um, the future of, of cannabis is going to be a lot like premium luxury Belgian Swiss chocolate. We are going to have a lot of people that are going to have just regular cannabis products. And then there's going to be some beautiful, high margin, globally distributed uh, cannabis products. And so we've been operating uh, an entity, the Woods Cannabis in Toronto for the last couple of years. And what we've done is we've utilized this space just for us to experiment to ensure that we have you know, uh, beautiful products. We have a great team of connoisseurs that have put together some amazing products. And we've seen a lot of success in the, the, the greater Toronto area. And we believe that the future for us is being able to continue to grow our, our, our locations, but more importantly, transition into uh, that luxury cannabis product maker that's going to have global distribution once cannabis uh, is enabled to be able to so to be sold around the world. We're looking for a brand ambassador, obviously, but more importantly, we feel that we should co-develop products together in order for us to become the next Ferrero Rocher or the next Link Lint chocolate company of the cannabis world. Would you like to catch up for whatever you want to do um, uh, and, and talk and talk more. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we go for coffee or what else does, what does Scoop do? So uh, I'll stick to coffee. Would you like to catch up for a coffee? But, but does that make sense, Justin? Yep. I, I wanted, I wanted to paint that picture, right? Because the way I see your business, I see like, yeah, you can operate and build the shops, but your story is exactly you know, the guys that started Lint and the guys that were, they used to have one-off shops and that is you, right? Mm -hmm. That is you. And you just, you're not in Belgium and you don't have that same story. You're in Canada. All right. And it's a hundred years later and you guys are just investing in this. The fact that you're making money at your locations is, is interesting, but your big picture is that, okay. Yeah. You see your product at every airport, okay. At every uh, high-end cannabis store and you have this global thing that's a much different business. It's also a much more valuable business, right? And so I, I didn't go into some of the margins, but the margin and all these other components, it's the difference between just operating a shop and having a, a multi-billion dollar company, Justin. And I want to make sure that as you're going through this journey of acceleration, you've had success with one location or a couple of locations. As you start to move out, you got to decide where you're going to go and which bets you're going to take. Okay. And I feel like just connecting those dots and really getting into what you are going to do um, and where this is going to go and what your story is and why Justin is the best person uh, on the planet to make this happen. And then also just, you know, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, the people, um, uh, everyone wants to be part of a story, Justin, right? That's the other thing, right? The storytelling on your elevator pitch, right? is so critical. And I feel that that's kind of where, where um, I would, I would, I would look at. Right. And so some feedback, right. I mean, maybe what, what I'm suggesting might be um, a little bit, a little bit different than what you guys are fully gutting for, but I feel that that's probably, you know, the, the best opportunity for, for, for a scalable opportunity as well, Justin, does that make sense? No, that does. 100%. Right? 
So Justin, thank you very much. Love what you're working on and, and we wish you uh, all the best uh, with, with, with what you're doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hyper Accelerator podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Also, if you are a startup founder, feel free to apply at hyperaccelerator.com. We'd love to hear from you.